Hello, and welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. I'm Whit Lopez, your host for today. I'm super excited because I'm sitting here today with Leela Aisha Jones and Arielle Julia Brown, and they're here to talk about a project that's being curated by Reggie Wilson called Grounds That Shout and Others Merely Shaking. Welcome. Welcome, y'all. Thank you. So can you tell me a little bit about this project? Yes, I can say a little bit about the project. Um, so the project, the project culminations are from May 2nd through May 11th, and it's a series of panels and talks, maybe more in roundtable, and I'll let you talk a little bit more about that, <laughs> how they'll be organized, and performances by Reggie Wilson, uh, Jermaine Ingram, and David Brick, Reggie Wilson from Fiston Hill Performance Group, and, and uh, our founder director of Fiston Hill <laughs> Performance Group. And also five artists on May 11 for a processional, which are Almanac, Fidget, Meg Foley, Tanya Isaac, and myself, Leela Aisha Jones, Flyground. Mm. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I would just add to that is um, that Reggie continues as a curator to kind of articulate the origins of the work um, in coming from dance space. Um, the platform that Judy Hesse Taylor created, um, that this project um, formally came out of uh, his project last year in New York called Dancing, Pla Dancing Platforms Pla Praying Grounds. Let me repeat that. Dancing Platforms Praying Grounds. Um, and, and so that kind of imagining of, um, of thinking about the intersections of sight history and people and artists. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. I also saw on the flyer that uh, they're connecting faith, movement, race, and the body with a focus on African-American religious experience, which I think is really amazing. Like that's, like that's part of my own performance practice too. So I love, I love that. I love that. Can y'all tell me a little bit more about how the work that you're doing is connecting these things? Well, when I first um, spoke with Reggie about being a part of the project, um, Reggie talked about dance space and how the whole project began and one, that there was kind of a rumor, mm -hmm. I think Arielle knows about this too, there's kind of a rumor or some kind of lineage of uh, storytelling that said that the balcony um, in the dance space church, was that St. Mark's church? Not sure if I'm saying the right name of the church, but dance space uh, is is a church space. Um, that in the balcony, that's where slaves would attend church. Mm. And I don't. I'm not even actually sure. So we're kind of dealing with like myths that could be true, or like I'm not even sure if that was actually ever proved per se. Right. And that kind of sh also showed up with the church that I'll be performing in, right. um, which is. Old Pine. Old Pine, thank you. I don't know. It's like so Old many Pine Street, Street Church. That's Old right. Old Pine Absolutely. Street Presbyterian Church. Yes. And there's like some rumors around that that like there's some connection across the street to the Underground Railroad, but like never manifested. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, one. So I think that the cast of people that Reggie's brought together are all thinking about race and trying to figure out. Where, where that sits in the church. And, and I think Arielle's uh, dramaturgy work and her dossier that she created um, was very helpful and, and is not something that um, 
movement artists always get, <laughs> always get a chance to like dig into the historical um, aspects of the locations where we perform. Even if they're dance spaces, we, you know, you just kind of come in and then maybe later you'll hear, oh, you know where you perform? Do you know kind of where you perform? And with this project, and especially it being in a church, it was pretty special to me to like go into a site of a church after many years of kind of being away from the church. I wouldn't say I've never gotten away. I've always had an embodied practice that has carried through my life. Um, that will never go away. I mean, body practice of shout, of catching spirits, catching yes. souls. Like so, like <laughs> it's too, not. Yeah. You know, it's not gonna. It's, yeah. Once it's in you, yeah, exactly. never, yeah. It's, that's it, it's right? Like, and too, yeah. especially if you've been dropped in the water, it's right? Like, that's it. If you've been baptized, it's like don't talk about the fire. Never now. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like you ain't never going back, right? <laughs> you can't unbaptize, right? You can't undo that. So you can try to ignore it or whatever, but I'd rather just release it. Absolutely. <laughs> Let it be That's real. connected. That's real. Absolutely. That's real. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So, so you brought up Ariel's uh, dramaturg work. Mm -hmm. So, Ariel, can you tell us more about your role as the dramaturg on this project? Yeah. So, just to kind of like start, what is a dramaturg? That's something that a lot of dramaturgs talk about. Like, <laughs> like what's your definition? <laughs> Sometimes we trade definitions. Um, so it, a dramaturgy engages, um, engages public history and um, it, community engagement and um, kind of performance criticism. It can, it can go that way too. Um, I... For me, dramaturgy is like very much so in conversation with the epistemologies that build performance at large. So however you come to know that would inform your work, I'm here to facilitate that. I've heard people talk about dramaturgs as midwives for projects. Mm. Um, and I like that analogy sometimes, um, even though I think it kind of genders the work in a really problematic way um, <laughs> that we can talk about later. <laughs> Um, but, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, um, so that's kind of the foundation of what it is. And then in this project, dramaturgy has looked like, um, building out a dossier, um, which is, a, a packet, an accumulation of historical content that comes from, um, um, indigenous land histories forward through contemporary church programs. So 400 plus-ish at least years of history thrown together in a few few little pages. And so um, we really thought about these um, that dossier as really a point of entry as a working document that would continue to grow, um, but as like a point of entry for the artists to kind of think about relationships to the Underground Railroad or relationships to slavery at at St. Peter's or the empowerment of um, free black folks at Mother Bethel um, as a way to think about how they might develop their work. Um, and now it kind of looks like um, supporting and curating these panels that we have that are kind of adjacent to the performances. Um, and doing some writing about the performances that goes into our, our program booklet, a little holy little program booklet. 
Yeah. <laughs> Are y'all going to be giving them out with like church yeah, fans too? Be, well, no, there won't be no fans. I know, right? Yeah, so how cute. about that? It would right. be cute. That would be really cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, you, uh, Ariel, have come to rehearsals and Indeed. kind of watched the work from the outside That's to right. question and um, help kind of uh, dig a little bit into more what it looks like from the outside with all right. of the information you have from the from the dossier. So that's been really nice too to have you there mm. for that. We've also had meetings with I feel and I can't I don't know what's happening at the other churches so I can't really speak to that, but I feel quite comfortable um even even though and I'm going to say that even though it's a Presbyterian church um very open to like artistic practice, a lot we're allowed to use the pulpit. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to hang things um I can give a little spoiler. <laughs> Be some dancing in the pews. That's all the spoiler. Yes, yes. <laughs> and like, so we're like an openness to artistic work. The um, mm-hmm. Pat Major Reverend Pastor um, mm-hmm. Jason is an artist mm-hmm. himself. So he very much so has photography of different aspects of the congregation and other um, like um, the homeless community ministries and like he has they have imagery of that. Um, he's and a I've filmmaker. Also, he's a filmmaker. I've also seen him preach. Mm-hmm. I came. I went to church Easter Sunday, so to get a better feeling. But um, it's been interesting just being in the site, feeling welcome. Like I feel like I could make an appointment with Jason at any time and sit down and talk to him as the reverend of the church and about this, about the art, about the project, about his work. Like mm-hmm. any of those things mm-hmm. feel quite open. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. I mean, I feel like that, yeah, for the work that I'm trying to do or the, the depth in which I'm trying to go, because it is a short period of time, so you do have to kind of be realistic about where can you go. Um, and with that said, the question, what's the question you asked everybody, Aria? Mm. What, what, what is the most, like, audacious kind of, like, what's an impossible research question? <laughs> so, yeah. when, yeah. so when Ariel asked me that question, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you think it's something that can't be answered, but it's interesting because my question was, what do angels and ancestors do when they're not serving people? Mm. Wow. But then there's all this, wow. there is a ton of stuff out there. So mm-hmm. that's what's beautiful about that question. Mm-hmm. And even amazing. Jason, I still am scheduling an appointment to talk and sit with Jason about that. What is that? And I had a beautiful conversation with a few other mm. um, artists, scholar folk that mm. were talking about, you know, <laughs> you know, can a spirit not be conjuring? Mm-hmm. Like, even wow. if that spirit is roaming free, it's like, isn't that the energy of a spirit? Like, even if it's right there. And then Reggie also said an amazing thing, which is like, where in Philadelphia are you not walking on dead people? Right. And I was like, oh, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I was like, right. oh, like, oh, we're thinking burial ground, cemetery location. He's mm-hmm. like, no, no, you always walk <laughs> right. And I, that really got me thinking about the city. Like, you walk down the city and you see somebody, like, a little bit, you'd be like, is that a person okay? You'd be mm-hmm. like, you have no idea. Like, what are all the spirits and souls people catching without even knowing, mm-hmm. you know? So that mm-hmm. opened up more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, these personality moments that you see all over the city. Like, is that in connection to the spirits moving through here. Uh, you just start to look at the city in a whole nother way. Like the, if this whole ground could be potentially sacred ground, mm-hmm. you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been, it's been a fascinating journey, just um, having, these, having this space to question 
to dig into what the site is, which clearly when I walked in had multiple layers. And you remember Jason talking about yes. like that there's a pastor buried somewhere yes. underneath in the, the building. Yes, underneath his wow. pulpit. Right. Wow. Uh, and then there's also like the I felt like a through line when I first walked through the space, but it's all kind of sectioned off. Mm. And and Jason basically said that it used to all be one room. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So like just these kind of slowly unfolding and like having patience with that, like you can't know it all. So yes, where are you going to yes. intersect? Mm-hmm. So like where are you going to find a place to ground? Yes. And then question from? Yes. And um, it's been it's just been a really amazing journey to like be feeling spirit in that space, which is not necessarily the sacred space I visit all the time, but in the way that sacred space can happen. Yeah. Um, with all the right kind of alignments. Um, in place. Mm-hmm. Part of what you said reminded me of, uh, I can't remember which one of her books it is, but in one of Toni Morrison's books, she talks about this concept of remembering, mm-hmm. where it's of like course. when you when mm-hmm. you go to a space, you may have never been in that space before, mm-hmm. but there's a memory that's left there, and yes. if you have the spiritual or emotional capabilities, yeah. you can pick up memories that have been left or lived experiences that have been lived by other people in that same space. Right. So I love that you brought that up because it definitely, you know, and plus we all know Toni Morrison's a conjure woman, like in her mm-hmm. writing. Yes. That's right. So it's just really great. Like I, I love this connection between it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Leela, what <laughs> <laughs> that face you made was hilarious. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But um, so what do you have planned for your performance? I mean, I don't, I don't want you to ruin it or you know, <laughs> you don't have to give anything away if you don't want to, but. Uh, or just what what are you building off of? What are you, you know, what are your thoughts? What are your plans? Yeah, I think I think it's still kind of being worked out, but I think um, my personal story always comes into contact with the story that's happening in the space. Um, when I first came there, like there's some days I come where I just I can't even I don't move I just like sit there because <laughs> it doesn't even feel right to move like it feels like I should just be sitting there listening or like walking or looking or trying to see it from a different space and see what comes to me I mean this space is really uh, special you know <laughs> because they have like along the wall of the church is kind of a running rip running ocean. Um, because this church was partially founded by um, sailors and mariners, and uh, and and I am engaged with Yoruba spiritual practice, and in that practice, there's also ocean energies, um, and the ones that are known the best are Yemanja, and Olokun is sort of known, but Olokun is generally energies of the depth of the ocean that have to do with the how your deep soul desires engage with prosperity, and then Yemanja's surface more kind of nurturing over human beings. Um, and folks who need that, <laughs> need that kind of work, are folks who are able to uh, embody that energy for other people, that spiritual energy. So I, I immediately thought of a Olokun and was immediately hit with that possibility in the space. So there will definitely be some engagement around just that energy as it manifests personified, but also thinking a lot about um, what would us what 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 do spirits do? We can't we can't see, well some people can see them, but <laughs> I ain't seen nothing in there. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say that. I ain't seen no spirits in there. But you can definitely feel it, right? You can feel mm-hmm. the like the woodworkers, all the people who've made the furniture and like who mm-hmm. are they? Yeah. And like 
um, how many congregations have come through there. You can feel the energy of that flow. Mm -hmm. And so I've just been trying to catch that and, and really think about what is it to play as a spirit? Like when you're not serving people, are you at play? But even if you're at play, you're conjuring. Mm -hmm. And then also my own ancestor, my grandmother, Ruth Frazier, um, is becoming a part of the conversation um, because of just the, the southernness that she brought, to, like just in her embodiment of life, the southernness that she brought to it, um, and, and where does that be always belong in the church for me? Mm -hmm. uh, where does the blues belong in the church? Mm -hmm. Where does, uh, what, what, how, how intensely the hymnal played a role, even more so than the Bible? Yeah. So, like, the spirituals written in the hymnals played a, a, a deeper role for me in connecting, and the Bible was more like these lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, which I kind of associate with Pataki, which is like mm -hmm. the lessons of Yoruba spiritual practice. So there's all these kind of intersections. And when I went to church, I was like, oh, they have testimony. Like they have, they have testified, but it was like more of a sharing as yeah. opposed to the way yeah. I've experienced it in Southern Baptist Church. People were like, yeah, yeah, you know. The pastor was kind of the responder to the sharing. Mm -hmm. Whereas where I grew up, it was everybody. Mm-hmm, I know. You know, and if you didn't, mm-hmm, no, you would like, you know, move your body to it. You know? So like there was always an embodiment. There's an embodied response, an embodied delivery. Mm -hmm. And so how does that move through that space? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and also when I went to Easter... Um, Sunday, there was all, there were all these things in there. Well, of course, the living in the dead because it's Easter. Yeah. But the title of the sermon was "Living in the Dead," and then also uh, there were all these references to dancing. And I was like, mm. "Yes, I'm at church on the wrong day. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. You can go to church on the wrong day. Right? Yeah. Right. Then all you'll be That's thinking right. about is your worldly Honey. self. Honey. <laughs> yes, worldly demons. <laughs> I said it out loud. just going and seeing how um, Presbyterian's church moved through that space and intersect with what I grew up mm -hmm. being a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a little, a lot of body though and a lot of musical love. <laughs> I can say that. Yeah. Come see it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, yes. absolutely, I absolutely plan to come see it. So because you're talking about like the African-American experience and I also appreciate that even though you're performing in a church, you're also speaking about Yoruba and African traditional religions, which I feel like a lot of times we don't see that intersection, um, or we see art that embodies one and doesn't embody the other, but they're both African American traditional like religious experiences. So Absolutely. I'm really glad that you're acknowledging both of them and just kind of talking about that experience. Um, but because you're talking about embodying these things, right, and kind of embodying faith and movement, um, as well as like cultural and racial uh, history, or your own cultural and racial history as well, um, will call and response play a role in your performance? Hmm. I don't think explicitly. I don't think explicitly. I mean, I think I'm sure people will be responding. <laughs> they might not have a distinct like I do this and you do that, but I imagine that people's bodies will be responding, which is quite enough for me. I feel like 
it's a huge responsibility to ask audience to participate. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. to interact. And for and I and I have done that in the past, and I still continue that work um, in a lot of different ways. But for this, it felt more like what is what? Where am I intersecting with the church, and how can I present a f kind of a full artistic picture of what that has been? Um, as a you know, not as opposed to, but just bringing in the interactive side. I feel like took would take just as much work as it has taken to build an artistic pathway in that space. And it felt like quite enough rich, luscious work to just like get a hold of the site a little bit, get a hold of myself a little bit, try to bring those things together. But I do think that there will be quite a bit of interaction, whether it is that kind of call and response that we know or it know, which and if you don't know call and response, you know it's when you have a caller and a responder that can be vocal, physical, um, instrumentation musical uh, but I don't think it'll be evident in the way that we might be used to experiencing it now Ariel like she about to disagree with me <laughs> right now see from the, that's why it's good from the outside eye I feel what like there's think? so much calling this part of your work I actually really do I think when I'm not deliberately yeah. thinking about it then it, I think it's so yeah. it comes so natural I mean mm. you're in the conversation with this musician and I was in oh, yeah. rehearsal and able to witness you guys in this kind of germination of what that conversation was, and that was so steeped in call and response. It's true. How we were building. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But do, you know, but that's what happens, right? Like it comes a little invisible. That's right. To you, but yes, it's call true. and response amongst the artists. But I still think that call and response is going to happen mm. quite organically mm -hmm. with the audience. I think. We'll oh, be, definitely. We'll be seeing some people back it up. <laughs> people leaning in. Some people like. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and then some people are like, whoa, right? So, like, so I, you know, I'm hoping for all of that, right? I'm, I'm I'm hoping for like all of those engagements to to be rising up, mm -hmm. um, and that I'm hoping that it will evoke, mm -hmm. you know, um, touch touch emotionally and rise something up. Absolutely, I'm I'm certain that it will. I'm certain that it will, uh, just from knowing. A little bit about Reggie's work and the fact that Reggie's curating this. I'm sure that it was very thought out. <laughs> yeah, it was very thought out about who to pick and who's going to do what and how it's going to be done. So that's right. Yes, yeah. very Reggie intentional. Is very intentional in a very good way. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. that's right. Admirable Absolutely. to watch like if somebody Absolutely. do that curating work from a deep place. That's right. That's wonderful. That's really really wonderful. So Ariel. So you're you're the dramaturg for this whole project. Mm -hmm. So you're not just working with Leela, but you're working with other artists as well. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about like the work that you're also doing with these other folks? You don't have to give away what yeah, they're working on, but just kind of how you're working with them. Yeah, you know, I think that with each artist, it has been drastically different. Um, you know, with Leela, Leela asked this question about angels and ancestors, and I gave Leela some information, and I show up in rehearsal, and I'm, like, responsive there, and I don't know how Leela gathers all of that and, like, moves it forward in her process, but, like, that's, that's one way that it's worked. Another way is that I've shown up at rehearsal and sometimes some of the works are outside some of the works are in the sanctuaries um and um thinking about space um and 
audience relation in spaces that um, don't command um, what that relationship looks like. Um, so being in conversation about that. Um, and then there are groups that have just, like, I offered the dossier, they were like, this thing, we're interested in this thing, and <laughs> we're off. And that's what, it, that's what the process has been. Um, so it just, yeah, I think that it's just kind of moved and people have found interest in histories that are related to contemporary or contemporary moment. Um, people have um, kind of come into the space and really been responsive to um, coming to, to know it kind of in the way that Lila, I feel like, is talking about. Um, coming to know it and coming to lean and trust on the lore and, and, and push and pull with that. Um, and then there are folks who are like, I want to know exactly how many people, um, how many people of color were here? How many people were buried here? I want to know, they, they, they're like meticulous about how they want to fold that historical information in. And so, yeah, there's a, a range of ways, um, yeah, of encountering that information that folks have engaged. That's wonderful. That's really exciting. Just thinking about my own my own encounters with like information similar to that, and how Leela was like, you know, there's dead people all under yes. <laughs> all under the city. I was walking, um, I want to say maybe down Race, mm -hmm. yeah, near close to Sixth Street, mm -hmm. and I passed by a parking lot, and there was a blue mm. historical marker mm. outside the parking lot. And usually, like, I stop to see what they're about because I'm like, okay, you know, I need to know some of the hidden history of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Because even though, like, there are history tours and there are yeah. all types of things, some of the stuff isn't widespread knowledge. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was an African burial ground. And now, now it's a parking lot. But, um, mm. but yeah, that's what it was. Mm. And so when you said that earlier, Leela, about, yeah, there's dead people under the city, all under the city, yeah. not just in the cemeteries, yeah, that's a... A parking lot now you know but it, it does you know ring true to African ancestry and the history of black people in Philadelphia um, so thank you for sharing that and thank you to the both of you for coming today I appreciate both of you um, can you tell us when and where to show up or how we can find out information about when and where to show up well, before I do that, I just wanted to say one more thing. Is that okay? Absolutely. So Go one thing it. that came up in some of the more group conversations with more artists and more of the churches were all in one room is, is, is a thinking about the way that artistry and creative spaces can also be these spiritual religious spaces. And I just wanted to say that because I feel like um, that's a really important point that like you can kind of miss in this opportunity and... and um, yeah, I find that that is probably going to happen in some of the performances where you're going to feel this kind of artistry, spirituality intersection mm. that's really clear. Mm. Um, and some of it might be messy because we know spirituality and religion is messy too. Yeah, and absolutely. so is art. So like yeah, the messiness of it yes. and the like synchronicity of it is something that I feel like is a very special part of it that some people are finding that spiritual space yes. artistically. Yes. Some people are finding that space spiritually and yes. in a church, in a 
in a sacred space, right? Which yeah. is still a creative space, to be perfectly honest. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right, and vice versa. So I just wanted to say that before I say that Partners for Sacred Spaces website is one place you can go mm -hmm. to find uh, information, all the information about the events, and also the Philadelphia Contemporary, Philadelphia Contemporary website is also another space where you can find all the information. And they should have a link to the event rights yes. that get you all the information about how to get tickets and how to attend panels. And, yes and talks and also how to attend all the performances and the processionals. Yes, that's wonderful. I am very excited about this event. I will definitely be there. I might even bring my tambourine. Yes. I don't know. I don't yes. know. I might do it. I might do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can you can bring it to mine. That's for sure. That's right. I remember, welcome remember it. you said that. Remember? I am gonna remember I said that. <laughs> you remember you said it. <laughs> I will, right. I promise, I will. It's a conjure tool now. That's listen, right. listen. Right. I'm here for the conjure, absolutely. Um, so thank you both for coming. I really, I'm really looking forward to this event. If you're out there listening, please make sure that you attend. It's going to be wonderful. There are different events. Go try them all. Try one, try two, as many as you want to. Please support these artists and support the amazing work of Reggie Wilson as well as the work of Ariel and Leela who are here today. I also want to thank the Leeway Foundation because currently we're using their conference room to record this. So uh, have a great day. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs>